Hi, I'm David Green, and you're listening to the Digital HR Leaders Podcast. This week's episode is sponsored by Vizia. When closely aligned with people's strategy and business priorities, people analytics can deliver positive outcomes for the organisation and the workforce. That is certainly the case at the Phoenix Group, the UK's largest long-term savings and retirement business, where people data is helping to support the company's objective to make Phoenix Group the best place colleagues have ever worked. As such, I'm delighted to be joined today by Wendy Cunningham, the COO for HR, and Peter Mailer, Head of People Data, Analytics and Insights at the Phoenix Group. Together, Wendy and Peter will share their experiences, strategies and innovations in leveraging people data to enhance employee experience, drive business outcomes and navigate the complexities involved in being a highly acquisitive organisation. We'll also delve into their approach to measuring the impact of people strategies, the evolution of their people analytics team, and their vision for the future of people analytics and data-driven HR at the Phoenix Group. So without further ado, let's get started with a brief introduction to our guests, Wendy Cunningham and Peter Mailer. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Wendy Cunningham and Peter Mailer of the Phoenix Group to the Digital HR Leaders podcast. Wendy, Peter, welcome to the show. Before we get started, could you each respectively provide a, a brief introduction to you and your roles at the Phoenix Group? And Wendy, I'll come to you first. Sure. So I am the HR Chief Operating Officer for Phoenix Group. I joined in March 2021. Um, prior to that, I did 12 years in Experian and 12 years in Barclays before that. So my role from an HR perspective is very much about helping Phoenix deliver its people ambition, which is to be the best place any of us have ever worked. From a chief operating office perspective, that's very much about making sure that we um, enable that business strategy by delivering operational excellence and a truly outstanding customer experience, which I would define as our candidates and our colleagues as being our customers. So yeah, that's a bit about my role. And Wendy, before I come to Peter, obviously we've got quite a lot of overseas listeners on the podcast. Can you give them a sense of what the Phoenix Group is about as well and its size? Yeah, so Phoenix is the largest pensions and investment business in the UK. About one in five um, of the adults in the UK have um, some product with us. So it's, it's pretty big. It's a FTSE, FTSE 100 organisation as well, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And, and Peter, um, thanks, Wendy. Peter, could you give us an introduction to, to you and your background and, and your role at the Phoenix Group as well? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am the head of people, data analytics and insight. I've been with the um, organisation for uh, just over two years. Prior to that, I've worked in the world of kind of people analytics, insight, strategy, consultancy for about 13 years. And uh, I spent seven of those uh, years um, uh, at the John Lewis Partnership um, and introducing the whole area of people analytics into, into that you know very iconic retail business. My role here was initially to kind of design our strategy and roadmap for people analytics and insights of where were we and where do we want to get to and what's the roadmap for getting there. And um, I guess um, essentially what, I, what I'm kind of really focused on is how do we create a, 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 an evidence and insight informed HR function 
that really feels confident in its work and in terms of working with stakeholders on a on a day-to-day basis obviously we've both been in and around the people analytics field for, for a number of years and you know both in your previous organizations and in the phoenix group and you know certainly as as, as we see ourselves at insight 222 people analytics has evolved quite significantly in recent years with with more organizations leveraging it, its power to drive real business outcomes you know what what key shifts peter have you observed in in the terms of how organizations approach and, and leverage employee data today yeah i think it's interesting for me that you see that movement from um a focus many years ago on employee satisfaction and then it moved into loyalty and then it moved into engagement and now into um employee experience and i think what i've noticed is that the some of the more enlightened organizations are really starting to focus now on, um, you know, really trying to understand when they say people are our greatest asset, what is it they actually mean? And how do they look at them as a, a kind of a source of competitive advantage and, and the value they create and not just the cost that they that they bring to the business? And I think the key role for people analytics and insight is really around how do you maximise that advantage how do you maximize their contribution and their engagement and their performance and how do you deliver better business outcomes as a result of that the big shift for me has actually been two things one covid where i think that those organizations that were really good from a people engagement perspective just got much much closer to their people trying to understand the challenges they faced in that kind of new but temporary normal for them you know, it became the greatest experiment ever for um, for kind of flexible and hybrid working. But how sad it took a pandemic to make that happen. But they were having to really kind of understand what, what was going on with their people. And I think there seemed to be a kind of a big shift there for me. The more enlightened organisations did it. But then I think the gap with those who weren't focusing on this type of thing became bigger compared to those who were. I think the other thing is the cost of living increase i think that's had a big impact for um organizations but obviously particularly for people working within them and this whole thing of you know how do you help and support people in the right way i think as we start to now we know we've come out of covid we've come back into a more kind of normal state of work but i think the employment landscape is more is more complex there's a very tight labor market at the moment and I think that what we are seeing is that organisations are really trying now to do more to to understand how do we develop our employment proposition and employee experience of the future and how do we evolve towards that. And I think interestingly for me as well is that you know normally you find HRUs operating within um, you know quite limited budgets a lot of the time. The challenge for HR is how do you make the best use of those budgets um, and how do you use them to make the biggest difference both for your people and for the business when you think about that you know what what you want people data analytics and insight to do is to really inform and prioritize and make sure that you're able to to do that and get the right return on investment um, for that um, and i think some organizations do that well, well once again i think there are some that really struggle with it that's really interesting, Peter, because I think you, you're right to sort of highlight the the pandemic and the impact it had on 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 people analytics and and companies using people data to support 
business decisions. And I guess what we saw with a lot of the companies that we worked for Insight 222 is that suddenly it wasn't just a CHRO or senior HR leaders that were interested in how employees were feeling. It was a CEO and the board as well. And they were using that information to make you know, pretty important decisions um, that, that impacted on, on well-being um, during the uh, during the pandemic. And I guess it's almost like you open, you know, the, the, the genie came out of the lamp, really. And I think, you know, business executives you know, across the board started to see the value of people data and how it can help them make better decisions that you know drive business outcomes, but also make the company a better place to work. Wendy, from your experience, you know, how is this transformation, if if you want to call it that, from maybe a traditional HR practices to a more data driven decision making Im impacted the overall employee experience and company culture at the Phoenix Group? Yeah, so I would say, David, that we are very much still on a journey in this space, like most organisations, actually. Um, we've made a load of progress over recent years. Um, but I don't think we're so bold as to say it's done and dusted and, and we've we've solved it um, just quite yet. Um, I think the other thing that's interesting, actually, or, or important here is we're a very acquisitive organisation. So actually, since I've joined, we've very much been on a mission to integrate um, Phoenix structurally to create one Phoenix. But actually, we also now need to do the same with our culture, our policies, processes, practices, especially in HR, actually. So so I guess we're dealing with an organisation that's going through huge transformation whilst clearly we're trying to transform analytics at the same time. Um, I think I, I said earlier that clearly employee experience is a, is a huge deal for us um, in terms of what we're, we're going after from an HR perspective. And we clearly therefore want to really maximise that employee experience for, for all of our colleagues. Um, and I think the efficiency and effect of this, of our operating models, the use of technology and achieving our, our vision is a huge part of that in terms of the analytics journey. We've got a, a big HR change programme underway just now. It's an operational change programme underway just now called Project Thunderbird, which is not just looking at the technology that sits behind everything we do within my world, but also actually how we then elicit the right data from, from those systems to be able to tell the story that we want to tell in the future. Um, and I think we can see we need evidence, we need insights, we need that data to be able to tell even more of the story to the business in order to 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 tell you know to, to really help transform further but actually i would say today we've done a lot already with the data um so you know being as acquisitive as we are um we've used insights from from peter's team to really inform the transformational and manage the transformational change programs that have been underway we've used it to design and inform the people strategy set priorities drive the activities that are aligned to those We've used it as we look at the, the, the level of diversity in our workforce in setting our DE&I strategy um, and I guess setting targets to improve that. Um, John, I could keep going right through to, you know, the, 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 you know, the great resignation debate and the data we used to try and understand the extent to which that was going to negatively impact Phoenix or not. But actually day to day, we have, you know, analytics consultants working with our businesses, helping them make decisions as they go around actually what the right move is for that business at that point in time based on the profile of their workforce. So yeah, we're using it extensively today, but actually I think we can see there's even more to do as we move forwards. This podcast episode is brought to you by Vizia, the people analytics platform for successful HR teams. Close the gap between your HR productivity and business performance. Unlock workforce answers and empower your managers with insights to lead. Easier, faster, on demand, and at scale. Learn more at vizier.com.
That's V-I-S-I-E-R dot com. Obviously, we mentioned at the start that Phoenix Group is, you know, it's a listed company. It's on the on the FTSE 100. It's also obviously being in financial services, highly regulated as well. And and maybe I'm this is just my hypothesis. Maybe more risk adverse organisation than maybe others. I, I wonder, does this environment affect your data driven uh, p- people decision making? You know, does it make harder essentially to get things over the line? I don't know if it makes it harder. I think it makes us very aware of the rules and regulations within which we've got to to adhere. And it's something we have very healthy discussions with our data protection colleagues on, on a, I would say, almost daily, certainly very regular basis. I think we recognise that their role is to ensure we fully comply with GDPR and data privacy policies and the legislation. So therefore, we totally respect the position that they take. Um, but I guess our challenge is, is we want to maximise um, the data analytical reporting technology that we have, use the functionality that we've got in through Vizier and, and other tools that we, we've purchased, and therefore actually use that to really um, understand our workforce and work out what we need to do differently to be the best place MD's ever worked. And I guess we, we never want to compromise the confidentiality or anonymity of our colleagues but at the same time, we want to strike a balance where we can make commercial decisions as we go. So so I think there's a real recognition between our team and the, the DPO world that we do need to find that balance. I'd say it's forever shifting sands. We're desperately feeling our way through as we go. I'm not sure we're more regulated than I've seen in previous organisations, or well, we're clearly more regulated, but I'm not sure we're more risk averse than I've seen anywhere. Um, but actually, it's, it's work in progress, I would say. Um, we certainly haven't quite found that balance yet in terms of making it easy. But I don't think the legislation was put in place to make it easy. I think it's there for the right reasons. So, yeah, we've got to be respectful of that. And in some ways, you know, the legislation forces you to think about what data you're collecting, what you're going to use it for, what the benefit is to the organisation, but also what the benefit is to the employee as well, which isn't necessarily a bad thing when it comes to you know people data because ultimately it's 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 some of the most sensitive data we collect as an organization well exactly uh, it's, it's there for the right reasons it's working with them working with the, those rules and and requirements rather than against them i think is the um is the the tact that we're taking right right so so peter turning to you you know what about technology you know how has the adoption of technology helped both your people analytics and hr function in creating data-driven strategies and, and maybe scaling that, um, you know, across the organisation? So technology is vitally important and, and I'm not going to, I'm not gonna, I would never say otherwise, but it is part of what you need to do, which I think we'll, we'll come on to, but it's really enabled us to kind of turbocharge what we're, what we're trying to do. Um, and I look at technology almost as if, um, almost as a kind of an ecosystem that we, that we have. So uh, there are a number of things kind of at play that if you manage to develop and bring them together in the right way, potentially it's very powerful. So we used to have, you know, lots of systems, disparate data sets. You got you could look at them in isolation, but it was very, very difficult to get a, a really clear picture of what was going on and why. And just to kind of bring that to life a little bit, we've obviously got our Oracle Cloud HR system which provides us with all our kind of core people, operational people data, 
And one of the things we're doing as part of Project Thunderbird is looking at how do we maximize the functionality and benefits of that to support our day-to-day operational reporting. We've also got PCON, um, which is our monthly employee engagement service, which just tells us so much about the experience of our colleagues, both in a quantitative and qualitative perspective, which is great to have. So they're not just telling us what they think, they're also giving us their comments as well. And that's something that managers could directly interact with through um, through the reporting system. So not just that they're looking at the data and, and what's being said, they're actually kind of able to respond to it and feedback and use it. We've got OrgView, which is all around um, our organizational change programs and map- mapping and modeling um, future operational structures and developing our whole focus around organizational effectiveness. And then the final piece in our jigsaw, which is the thing that I think is the major game changer for us, is Vizia. Because what Vizia is enabling us to do is to ingest that data from those different data sources together and allowing us to integrate it and also enabling us to answer some of those really big questions that senior leaders normally have about people that previously we would have struggled to have been able to answer. You know, we're still in the early days of it, but already we're starting to see some significant benefits from that. And that will grow as we continue to take on and use more modules and put more data into the system. And bringing all of that together, as I said, is a is a major game changer for us. But also what we're trying to do at the same time as that is, it's also a major game changer in terms of allowing us to create what I describe as a kind of an analytics and insight informed HR function. So we want other people within the function to be using it, using it with their stakeholders. You know, we would always maintain that kind of consultative expertise in the area, but we want that some of that to be shared more widely across our across our HR community so that everybody starts to get comfortable with um, evidence-based decision making going forward. Great. I mean, that, that, and thanks for laying out the, the the technology stack. I think it's really helpful for listeners to understand, you know, what an organisation such as yours has got to kind of bring their people data to life. And I'm guessing there's a couple of follow-up questions. One, Wendy mentioned obviously you're a very acquisitive organisation, and, and I've seen that over over the years as the Phoenix Group has has grown and and brought other companies into the fold. I'm guessing that something like Vizia can really help you during that initial integration because you won't necessarily acquire a company that's on the same technology as you. So how can you give Pride an early an, an early impression to, to, to leaders around, you know, maybe some, some some data related to that company that you're acquiring as well? Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think the thing with it as well is that we're we're quite clear that we're we're using Vizia for the analytics and the deeper analytics and insight piece. But there is a reporting element within there which we which we can use. But we're quite clear to distinguish between what's analytics and insight type reporting versus what's day-to-day operational reporting. And the day-to-day operational reporting we continue to do in Oracle. So you might, you know, again, this is a a hypothetical now, again, you you may acquire another organization in the future, maybe. They may not be on Oracle. So obviously the first part is is to get them onto Oracle. Then you've got the reporting. But in an interim period, at least, you know, you can utilize the reporting functionality in the Vizia. So at least leaders have got an understanding of what's happening. Absolutely. 
And the second one, really interesting, Peter, and I'm glad you mentioned this because, you know, a lot of the research that, that we've done at Insight 222 over the years, when we start to understand how are leading companies really creating uh, sustainable success with people analytics, you know, one of the definitely in terms of scaling your operation, technology is definitely one of those and getting that getting those insights into the hands of HR business partners and people managers. And another that you alluded to is is actually providing the means to help your HR team to, to actually grow their confidence and their skills and their capabilities um, using analytics. Do you see those two coming together to, to kind of help you build that data-driven HR function at Phoenix? We're building communities. So uh, we're at the moment using uh, Microsoft Teams to build communities, both in the use of Vizier, but also in the use of uh, a wider people analytics and insight group. So what we're trying to do is to encourage people to contribute things, start discussions about about things, challenges they're facing, and really try to bring, bring that whole kind of HR community together to enable them to have the right conversations and share examples with each other. I think what I, I would probably say is there are kind of three groups that I would look at across HR. There will be people who have a massive appetite for this and are going, great, this is great. How can we do more? We've probably got people on the other end of the scale who are saying, this kind of gets in the way of what I'm trying to do. And I'm hoping this is a, there's a very small minority who will be able to convince the benefits of in the future. But I also think there's kind of a group in the middle who are keen, but lack confidence in a way, and maybe a bit of capability. So I think our role as a team is how do we build that confidence and capability amongst that group as well? So I think we'll have to accept there'll always be people of different at different levels on this, but that's absolutely fine. It's how how do we bring it together in a way that allows people to share and build their confidence and skill going forward, and that's what we're essentially trying to do. No, no, very good, very good. And and Wendy, you know, obviously measuring the impact of of the people strategy that you outline can be complex. You know, can you share your approach to to evaluating the effectiveness of your people strategy and how you're adapting it as 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 the Phoenix Group evolves? Yes, I think the honest answer to that is that is also evolving as we go. Um, Joanne, we, we've definitely found it complex. Complex partly because we are integrating three businesses, in essence, together at the moment. So I guess as you bring three legacy organisations together, strategically, structurally, operationally and culturally, in a short period of time, you've got to make some decisions and work out what's what's important to measure, what that needs to look like as we, we move forwards. But also creating a people strategy that, that then binds all that together is, has clearly been part of our initial focus. I think as is often the case, and I've seen in every organisation, different stakeholders have different requirements. So whilst one would like the macro level view of you know what we're achieving, others want an inordinate level of detail. So actually we've been working quite closely with the teams around actually what is the people strategy that we, we measure moving forwards? And at what level do what customers or what stakeholders want, um, you know, data to, to prove it, if you like. And um, we refreshed our people strategy earlier this year. And I won't talk to you about all of the detail in it, but actually we pretty much now hang the people strategy off three key buckets of activity. So one is around organisational effectiveness. One is around culture, evolution, and, um, and the other is around talent and capabilities. 
And having refreshed that people strategy, we're now doing quite a lot of work around, right, how do we measure this and how do we measure outcomes? Because it's really easy to get lots and lots of data points, but what story do they tell? So actually, if we know what we're looking to achieve, how do we make sure that we can measure that we've achieved it rather than just measure things that look interesting within those buckets of activity? So there's a lot of work going on there. And we're using Project Thunderbird, which is this operational transformation that I talked about to really help us work out how much more we can automate. So actually some of that, I guess the dashboarding to measure the people's strategy is automated rather than um, has any manual effort in it. And the plan is as we go into 2024, we go in um, to that year with a very clear strategy, very clean, clear means of measuring our outcomes and a very clear way of presenting that to different stakeholders dependent on their needs. No, I really like that because as you said, we can measure a lot. But let's measure the stuff that that actually matters, um, you know, and start sometimes starting with the outcomes that you're trying to understand and how that impacts on the business and how that impacts on the people within the organisation is probably a, is probably a good place to start there. Do you know, David, I think it is. And I think there's always that caution that very often business leaders want to see everything, but very often all that data doesn't tell them a story. So it's trying to help them work out what they're what they want to achieve and how the data can gauge whether they're achieving it. Um, because you can have lots of data points that tell you nothing or could be interesting but not impactful. So we're desperately trying to move that dial to make them really impactful and, and measuring the right things, as you say. No, no, really good. And, and Peter, obviously, you know, the, the people strategy, so it's, it's, it's evolving continually. And obviously, Wendy talked to the three buckets and really focusing on outcomes. And also, the, the, obviously, the people analytics strategy is maturing as well. How has your people analytics team evolved? Yeah, that's a... Uh, a, a great question and it's it's something that we we kind of continually keep looking at and what we have got at the moment is we had split our team into my team into two parts so one side is around people data and reporting so if i go back to what i was saying earlier uh, they're the guys who are working um on what the business needs operationally from a hr perspective on a daily weekly monthly basis um, so, so that's that's very much about the kind of the day-to-day reporting element. The other side of my team is people analytics and insight, and what those guys do, they're they're effectively a insight consulting group who partner the different value centres and functions within our business. So they spend a lot of time with HRD, senior HR business partners, other subject matter experts, really understanding what are the big people-related business challenges and priorities in those parts of the business? And then how do they support that by helping those areas to understand what the big challenges are, what their priorities should be? So helping them to separate some of the vital few from the useful many, as I would describe it, because sometimes in HR, we can spend a lot of time doing rather than kind of taking a step back sometimes and really thinking about what creates the most value. But as well as prioritising that, they're then also prioritising what they need to focus on. They're also really then helping them to measure the impact, effectiveness and progress of what they're doing. But this, once again, comes back to Wendy's point. This is all in support of the people strategy and our vision of, of wanting to make Phoenix Group the best place any of us has ever worked. I think that um, what I've seen is that that kind of analytics and insight consulting piece is incredibly important. And the guys in there are very kind of commercially 
focused. They're really good storytellers as well. So they're helping to condense that 15-page deck of slides into this is what you need to do and this is why. And, and that's really important. On the data and reporting side, there's definitely more that we want to do there. We're not really maximising Oracle reporting to quite the degree of functionality and um, uh, an interactivity in the way that we would want to, but we do have a plan for, for dealing with that. Um, and what we're also trying to do is to reduce a significant kind of ad hoc data and reporting demands placed on that team as well. So being clearer about service standards, reporting, um, what do line managers need for on a day-to-day basis, what do business leaders need, and what do our functional specialists need, and giving it to them in very much in a, a very visual, interactive, intuitive way that makes them want to self-serve. And this is where we've got to get to is self-serve is is not an option it's something that we're going to need people to do but we've got to give them the right tools to enable them to do that we hope you're enjoying this episode of the digital hr leaders podcast if you are looking to continue your learning journey head over to myhrfuture.com and take a look at the my hr future academy it is a learning experience platform supporting hr professionals to become more data-driven more business-focused and more experience-led. By taking our short assessment, you will see how you stack up against the HR skills of the future. Then, our recommended learning journeys guide you every step of the way, helping you to close your skills gap, deepen your knowledge and press play on your career. How do you envision the the future of of people analytics at the Phoenix Group, and you know what steps are you considering to take, you know, your analytics capabilities even higher to to, to kind of the next level? So I think for me the the value is in in it, the data creates the opportunity for us to really take that analysis and insight to the next level. And this is where I think the value is, and this is what I think the business is looking for, is how do we evolve and develop that going going forward? So how do we build the skills of the people? How do we build the, uh, the appetite within the organisation, getting even closer to the business and its priorities? And I would like the team to be spending much more time in that space and developing that space and trying to automate as much as possible the whole kind of data and reporting self-service piece because that's where the value is being generated there are other elements in this where we're starting well next year we'll be starting to move much more into areas like workforce modeling workforce planning um really bringing the strategy to life capability development and this is where i see my team playing a much more influential role as these things evolve as well so you know, I think it's building on what's already there. So it's very much a kind of an evolution rather than a rather than a revolution. I mean, that sounds like you've got a very good foundation on which to which to build upon. We have a lot of people that listen to this program, you know, fellow HR professionals, people analytics professionals. So before we head to the, the last question, which is the question of the series, it'd be great to hear from each of you, you know, one piece of advice to to those HR and people analytics leaders that are listening 
um, what would it be? So Wendy, if I come to you, what about what piece of advice would you give to those who are maybe at the early stages of their peak analytics journey? Yeah, so I would say don't be scared off by the title. Um, I first picked up accountability for analytics, people analytics, when I was an experience. So that would be probably 10 years ago now. And I was anything but a statistician. Um, I was probably what would be considered a very traditional HR person through and through. Um, and actually, whilst I couldn't even pretend to do what Peter and the team do now with the analysis, um, I think it would be fair to say that I've learned to love the power of data um, and the insights that it can bring to an organisation. So my advice would be, be brave and get stuck in because actually it's it's brilliant. Um, well, you know, I guess the data is brilliant and what you can do with the data is brilliant, but you've got to be brave enough to to, to give it a shot. No, I don't really like that. And, and Peter, what about a piece of advice from you for maybe those uh, HR and people analytics professionals listening who are maybe at a slightly more mature level of their people analytics journey and capability? I think two things I'd actually I'd actually say uh, specifically. Um, so notwithstanding the fact that you really you do need really good data and you need to be measuring the right things, the two things I'd I'd, I'd say is that be mindful of the fact that the more your analysis and insight creates value for the function and the business, probably the greater the expectation on your team will be because then that's when people will be coming to you rather than you're necessarily having to push stuff to them, which in many ways is a, is a, is a great place to be. But I'd also say as part of that is make time for thinking about innovation, future developments, uh, particularly if your organisation is very future focused, but at the same time, don't lose sight of the, of the here and now, because that's, that's also important. Um, and I think the second thing is, don't be afraid to provocate. Um, you know, provocate where you where you can, um, and make sure that you kind of can maintain your independence and, and objectivity based on the data analysis or insight you have. Um, you're not there necessarily to prove that somebody's hypothesis based on no data is is right. You're there to to tell it how it is, because otherwise it's not evidence and 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 an insight. So. Um, and I think that's really important from a credibility perspective. You know, it's important to maintain your credibility in all of this. I totally agree with that. Bust a few myths, um, you know. <laughs> Bust a few myths. Love myth um, Get the discussion going by showing that the data doesn't necessarily prove that someone's opinion is, is correct. I love that. Um, last question, uh, Peter. This one I think you're, you're taking. So this is a question of the series, uh, which, um, you know, all guests in, in, the, in the other episodes have, have covered and I, I think it's something you've already covered, so you might want to summarise some of the stuff that you've already said here. How can HR leaders build a data-driven and digitally literate culture in HR? I'm slightly biased here because I've, I've read this excellent book that was produced called Nine Dimensions for Excellence in People Analytics. <laughs> I'm sure you may well have heard of it. Checks in the post, Peter. Thank you. <laughs> there you go. That pre-briefing was worth it. Um, <laughs> and... Um, do you know what? I'm a, I'm a massive advocate of it. And I think if you if you follow that model, I mean, obviously we have, but we have developed it and um, customised it for our particular organisation. But I, I don't think you'll go far wrong. I think commercial and uh, business priority is um, massively important. If it doesn't resonate with senior leaders, it's not going to be effective. It also needs to be culturally relevant to the organisation. 
I think continuing to demonstrate value and return on investment, that's important. And that's where we have been kind of focusing our, our some of our attention. Um, you know, and that was what helped us build the business case for getting the business to sign up for Vizier. We presented a very clear business case. I think one final thing that I'd say is uh, one thing I am mindful of is that what I do, and having worked in a retailer, is I do see that a lot of the trends in customer analytics and insight tend to be followed at some point later on by the whole area of people analytics and insight. Um the point is that organizations spend millions and millions and millions of pounds understanding their customers, their lives, what they do, where they live, what they enjoy buying, their hobbies, all of that kind of thing. But we kind of know many organizations know much more about their customers than they do about their employees. And I think there is a focus going forward where I think organizations need to spend more time understanding employees as people as parents, as having lives outside of work, um, really understanding what drives and motivates them, um, why they choose to come to work, why they choose you as an employer, really getting under the skin of some of that, of some of that stuff, because that enables you to help develop a much higher quality employment and a relevant employment proposition, but also drives a much higher level of, of employee experience. Yeah, that's great, Peter. And, and that's very kind of you to mention the book anyone that's using the book in any way to support um, their people analytics strategy and mode map, yeah, definitely take bits of it and apply it within your own organisation. I think that's a really good point. Wendy, Peter, thank you so much for being um, guests on the podcast. Um, how Before we go back to the studio, how can listeners find you on social media and, and follow your work at the Phoenix Group? Wendy, I'll come to you first. So through LinkedIn is the, the best option for me. And Peter? Yeah, definitely LinkedIn. I'm a massive fan of it. You know, it's helped me in a lot of circumstances, asking questions of my network and, and sharing feedback. So very definitely anybody who wants to engage with me, please do so. And then also for for the Phoenix Group overall, there's there's our website and our particularly our career site as well, which will tell you a hell of a lot more about us as an organisation and what it's like to work here. Brilliant. And that's the phoenixgroup.com forward slash careers for those that are interested. So best of luck. Wendy. Peter, thank you very much for being guest on the show. Thanks very much. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Digital HR Leaders Podcast. And thank you to Wendy and Peter for sharing their story. If you did enjoy this episode, please don't forget to hit the subscribe button and leave us a five-star rating on your preferred podcast streaming channel so that we can keep producing the show. For more from us at Insight222, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter, by going to myhrfuture.com. Thank you once again for being part of the Digital HR Leaders podcast community. Until next time, take care and let's continue exploring, learning and transforming HR together.